I'm really pleased to say we have Chris Lockhart on uh, on this episode of Architect Tomorrow Architect Interviews. And so for those of you who are new to this part of the series, it's a, a short uh, interview with someone uh, influential in, in, the, in the world of architecture to get their perspectives on what they feel makes a good architect, their background in architecture, how, how they kind of discovered architecture, and you know, a, bit of a, a bit of a fireside chat really on um, you know, some of the things that are going on in, in today's world when it comes to architecture. So welcome, Chris. Thanks, thanks for your time. Happy to be here. Great stuff. So should we kick off with, just give us a little bit of background on yourself and, and tell us when you sort of first discovered architecture. Yeah, uh, so I come at it from a completely different uh, perspective, right? Um, I was a history major at university in the late 1990s, and um, I needed a job. My parents had cut me off. I needed a job, and I went to the, the job board, which, you know, in those days, of course, was an actual board, right, with things put. It wasn't a bulletin board system. It was like a, there was paper on the wall. And uh, there was a, there was a, a, a job that said, uh, play video games, earn $8 an hour. And I said, well, there you go, right? That's, uh, that's basically what I do now. Now I can get paid for it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, right? And I went and um, this was a company that did um, what you would now call outsourcing for customer service support, um, uh, beta testing, right? Uh, part of the development lifecycle for companies that didn't have their in-house development center. And I didn't, I mean, yeah, I knew about computers. I mean, you kind of grow up, you take Pascal, you, you know, whatever, you know, that sort of, you know a little bit about it. Um, you have to hack things to get enough memory to run your, your video game, right? That sort of stuff. Uh, shout out to EMM386 for anyone that um, remembers that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so here I am, I'm in this company. And, uh, you know, the, as you get into it, it's like, you know, you know, I need, I need a way to store um, bug reports and defect information and everything was on paper. And I, I put every, I, I started putting everything into MS Access, right? Which they had on these Dell computers. And now when someone called up, you could, you could do a quick search and uh, you know, oh, here's the solution for such and such a problem that, uh, that you're having with this particular game. And of course, then it was like, well, you know, maybe I can slap a web front end on, on this, right? And so there was, there was this thing at the time called the HTX file, which was like a Microsoft Access template that used Microsoft HTML, which of course was different than regular HTML. I'm, I'm, sh I'm shuddering quite, yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, it's horrifying, isn't Sorry it? Yeah, and, uh, and, then, and so, so then we were able to do it through a web interface. And then, and then it evolved over time into what you would now call a content management system. That's effectively what, what we had created from the ground up. And that was my introduction to um, really to like enterprise style technology and the architecture that underpins it. And, and this is where my view of architecture is a little bit different than a lot of people, right? I view, especially specifically enterprise architecture, but also solution architecture to some degree, more as the um, strategic understanding of a need mm -hmm. right? and the, the uh, thought process and the design to fill that need, part one. Okay. Part two, communicating the effectiveness of that solution to someone with money <laughs> who will pay for it to be implemented, right? And so those are the two parts of it. And for me, with a liberal arts degree in history, uh, I don't have an MBA, I don't have a computer science degree, right? I have a, I have a liberal arts degree. And so over time, I think that that's actually helped me. And I think that makes a good architect, really, that ability to think big thoughts, mm -hmm. translate them on paper into something real and tangible, and then, right, figure out a way to tell that story to someone who will fund it. Because without that part of it, the rest of it's just a nice 
thought project, right? Yeah, no, no, you're you're you're, you're right. I, I I I completely agree with you. Um, it's storytelling, isn't it? And that's super important because there's lo- there's lots of people I've worked with, you know, through my architecture career who are fantastic technically, who yeah. come up with these amazing solution architectures or even enterprise architectures, but yeah. because they are, um, you know, very technical people who know their stuff, they're lovely people, they know they know what they're doing, but they just can't get out of break out of that world in order to sell that message and get and get the buy-in so it's you know it's interesting isn't it the enterprise architect kind of role is that balance of different attributes isn't it yeah i always liken it to you know the the genius with the ponytail in a dark closet somewhere right pounding out like this elegant you know perfect solution for something and then can't effectively speak to any other human being right and they they live their life through world of warcraft or whatever it is right and like that's you know that's their mode of of interactivity right i think you have to have that you know and it's not just the ability to have a conversation with somebody and explain so i need to be able to write it down i need i need actually some some decent english skills or Mm. whatever language you're working Mm. in right Mm. i need the ability to write something compelling i need to understand that the design may be this big but if I can't put it and summarize it in three bullets on a slide, then there's only, there's only a certain level to which uh, that story is going to go, right? The CEO is not going to look at like a 40 page deck of, you know, you know, detailed architectural drawings. He's, you know, what does it mean? Tell me what it means. And I think you need to be able to, to do that. So for me, you know, I've been successful in doing that. I wrote a book about this, by the way, I should plug that while we're, while we're here. It's called the people problem. Uh, it's been out a couple of years. It's on Amazon. Um, and it, it is effectively, a, it, it is effectively this, right? Which is, you know, how, how do I go about being an architect? Um, and what are some of the, the primary skills that I need to go do that? And it's my take on that. So mm-hmm. definitely, everyone should definitely check that out. <laughs> no, I think, I think, I think the, uh, a lot of folks just think it's, the, it, you need to solve the technical piece, but you absolutely need to solve the people piece as well. Right. And so, you know, I'm, what I'm asking everyone on this series that I talk to is, given you know that the, the, the community is called Architect Tomorrow, mm. what we you know, we're obviously in very uncertain times at the moment. It's obviously a lot. It's it's pretty tricky for for many folks. But what what do you see is the as the kind of near and medium term future of architecture, in both in terms of what architectures do you think are, are going are going to be successful in, in the near to medium term, but also what qualities do you think the architect is going to need to kind of hone? Over yeah. Yeah, um, you know, there's an interesting bit here, right? And um, I think right now, look, I think I think technical uh, qualifications, I think, are table stakes, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you have to be TOGAF certified and this certified and that? No, but do you need an understanding of it to be effective? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to know what it's about. So I, I don't I don't think it's like let let me take more certifications, right? And and that's the future. No, I think it's that's table stakes. Where we're at now, though, is you need this other piece of being able to discern what is um, really necessary at the current time for a company to be doing. For if, if you're advising in a consulting mm-hmm. format, what mm-hmm. should your client be doing? If you're within a company, what should we be doing as a company? Because here's the thing, right? Now is not the time probably to go do a six-month current state capability model, <laughs> right? Um, you could argue whether there's any time to do that, but um, you know, there, you know, I think now is the time where you look at it. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, we had these ten things we were going to do in 2020. Um, there's no money. I can't get. I can't hire anybody. Everything's frozen. Um, what is, What are the top two things that I can? Or what's the number one thing that we can get done? 
and then some real practical approaches and um, uh, you know negotiations with people within your company yep. to yep. reprioritize some stuff to get something done. Although you know, otherwise you're just keeping the lights on. And the question would be, do you need an enterprise architect to do that? Um, I think if you if you want to demonstrate what architecture needs to be or the value of it in times like this, it's that ability to, to discern and prioritize and true. And I, I, I would say in order to do that prioritization, you need to have a good understanding of your sector that you're operating in and what the pressures are, what are the kind of big levers, right? That yep. that your company is going to need to face into and, and a little bit of kind of perhaps nonlinear thinking, thinking, uh, I think a lot of folks work in the here and now, mm -hmm. but sometimes you just need to think a couple of steps ahead, right? And think like, where is all this headed? If, if these trends continue, what initiatives, what capability should we be focusing on building? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and the reality of it, of course, is there's also a healthy do dose of uh, politics involved in mm -hmm. it, right? So mm -hmm. um, you're not ever going to escape that. And I think recognizing that, you know, if, if, an, if especially when you get into enterprise architecture and enterprise uh, strategies and things of that nature, you are by nature dealing with multiple parts of a business that think and act and prioritize differently. And often you're the, you're the go between, between a lot of people that never talk to each other, right? It's really fascinating. If you do like a social network analysis of a company, um, you often find that the people that have all the lines between them, there's, there's like these enterprise architect type roles at the center of-, of it's, bu it's bizarre, isn't it? I, I, I did have that realization myself in a role a few jobs ago where I was like, hang on, I'm, I'm the techie one here. Yeah, I'm the one that's mm. connecting everyone together. And that's what I think, I, it's dawned on me the thing you were saying earlier, which is, it's not all about the technology. It's also about yeah. know, bringing the right people together and, and, and that people side of the equation as well. No, definitely. The reality is, is you know, you know, uh, just like sales and marketing, they don't like, you know, the development organization. And they don't sit at lunch together. They don't talk. They don't hang out after work, right? And so you need to be, you need to be that glue, uh, you know, uh, to get some stuff done. <laughs> no, I like that. And that's maybe that's a good place to close, right? As the architect is the glue to get stuff done. So. And, oh, and one more plug, yep. permit, yep. right? Um, people should definitely check out Consulting's Saying Things, Consultants Saying Things, uh, dot com, uh, yep. or just Google the Consultants Saying Things. So it's a video podcast, it's a roundtable, not yep. unlike this, but with more people. And, mm -hmm. and um, we talk about, uh, you know, various things impacting consulting and different ways to do it, et cetera. And I, I find it intriguing. And uh, Yeah, I should have mentioned that at the beginning, of course, because uh, you guys were genuinely one of the influencers that made us um, think about how we were going to do Architect Tomorrow as a community. We saw how you guys were running things, and so we have we have pinched a few ideas from you guys. So uh, you know, they say, what is it that uh, copying is the greatest form of flattery, or something like that? Yeah, I, I, or, you know, yeah. plagiarism? Yeah, I don't know. Depends I'll, on your, I'll, you know. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take, I'll take that, will you? Um, yeah. So look, uh, th thanks again, Chris, for your time. It's been great. It's been great talking to you. It's been also been brilliant having you join the community and get involved in one of our workshops recently and things it's it's, it's been great so by all means if you yeah if, if you like this we can check out some of the stuff we did on that we published some diagrams that came out of that workshop so um, and, and hopefully we'll do some more things together right chris absolutely good stuff, stuff. here's oliver thank you all right thanks